I'm Amber Peterson, and you're listening to Mamas and Money, Episode 40, Dealing with the Unexpected with Shelly Summers. Did you know that creating confidence with your money will change your life? My name is Amber Peterson. I'm a mother, licensed financial professional, and a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And if you're ready, let's take this journey together. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Mamas and Money. I am so excited that you are here for our amazing guest today, Shelly Summers. She is awesome. She does incredible work, but I'll let you tell, I'll let her tell you more about what she does. But welcome to the program, Shelly. You, I'm excited to be here. This is going to be fun. It's going to be so fun. So go ahead and tell our listeners a little bit more about you and what you do and how you got to where you are today. Okay. Well, I am, um, I am a midlife mentor and transformation coach. I, I work right now. I work strictly with women, um, helping them move through midlife and, go through the, all of the changes that we all have to deal with. Um, I also specifically, I just wrote a book in February and launched a book, um, titled we move forward healing, surviving and healing through loss, divorce, and grief. Um, being a woman myself who was divorced, gosh, almost five years ago, almost five years ago. Um, I just, I recognized that there was, there was not a lot of support in understanding all of the things that are necessary to move through that. That's a whole nother phase. You know, we, we spend so much time raising children and being a wife and keeping a home and then doing our job. And if we're going to school, we're doing that too. And then all of a sudden, you know, at 50 or, you know, whatever age, you're, you're now an empty nester and there's, there's changes that go along with that and then throw in menopause and you've got another whole situation. And then all of a sudden you become divorced or lose a spouse. Mm. Um, it's just, there's so many changes and it's really hard to maneuver all of those unless you have, you know, support, which can come in the form of, uh, just, coaching, like understanding all of the feelings that we're going through or how like a mind body connection when we have the hormones going all over and how it is directly correlated to what we put into our bodies. So there's, I, I do nutritional coaching. I do trauma coaching. I do um, yeah, just a lot of helping women get through this phase of life. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think that's an, an area actually I haven't heard addressed very often. And that is just like you mentioned, so much change happening in that stage of life. You know, we, we get through the, you know, raising families, raising children, and then so much can shift and not just with family life, but like you said, with, you know, our bodies are changing. And then if there's any different dynamic, as far as our spouses or divorce or loss or any of those things, I'm curious from your point of view, Shelly, why is this not more widely talked about? I I lived in the Midwest for the better part of 28 years. Mm -hmm. Um, when I was married to my ex-husband, 
Um, we lived in Minnesota, Wisconsin, South Dakota. Um, and I think it's regional, honestly, to understand how the, the support dynamic is different there than it is here in, in Utah. And I'm, I'm speaking directly to that just because that's where I live. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was actually one of the reasons I created the program that I have was because when I moved back to Utah after my divorce to help my mom, when my dad was diagnosed with dementia, mm. um, I, I got, I got to the point where it was like, okay, I I'm in a good place now. I want to give back to people who were, are in the same situation that I was. Mm -hmm. And so I looked for opportunities to support other people and I, I couldn't find any here. So mm -hmm. I created this and thought, okay, well, it needs to be completely online. And because women who are single parents now have a hard time finding, you know, babysitters, uh, mm -hmm. if they are working a swing shift, you know, I mean, just all of the different things that happen. So I don't know why it specifically hasn't been addressed, especially for midlife, but I really believe that there is a direct correlation to this phase of life and divorce happening. I really do. Okay. And do you think it's because of so much change? And you brought up something too. So I'll let you address that in just a second. But with something we don't think about as far as like, okay, yeah, we're having lots of changes in our own family life, but then the dynamic of possibly taking care of aging parents or family members, right? So that's another change. So yeah, can, if you can speak a little bit more about those things. Um, well, the reason, you know, and, and my, okay, so I'm a Gen X, uh, you know, we were, we were the first latchkey kids. We were the first ones who, you know, whose moms were, grew up in the sixties and were feminists and burned their bras and the whole thing. And, yep. you know, they could do it all. They could do it all. And then they raised Gen Xers mm -hmm. and we raised ourselves. We really did because our moms were doing everything. And I am an only child. So when it came time for, you know, my, when, when it, when my dad got sick, I, I just, you know, I thought, okay, well, there's, there's, I had no relationship with my child that was still in South Dakota because she went with her dad. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, I wouldn't be able to look myself in the mirror if I didn't help my mom you know, because they spent so much, you know, they raised me. So I, the least I can do is help. And, and then the pandemic hit mm. and my dad would have had to go into a nursing facility or a long-term care facility. And then we wouldn't have been able to see him. And so I just thought, you know, this is, this is what I am. So now I'm in a sandwich generation. Mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> I am yeah. now in the sandwich generation. So yes, it is, it is a huge um, change. I, I don't know. I don't, I, gosh, I don't even know. And the funny thing is, is that since I have moved back here, I have met more people, um, that I went to high school with that are doing the same thing that have their parent either living with them, or they have moved into the home with their parent or parents to take care of them. And that's really what we did. Um, I, I ended up buying a house with my parents so that my dad would, when he fell, he wouldn't fall downstairs. And now 
you know, my mom had a stroke in July last year. So now, um, I, and I got remarried October of 2021. So now my husband and I are taking, you know, take caring for my mom. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's been 360. (laughs) Absolutely. And I think that was probably something in that you didn't plan on. No, you know, that that was never in the goal list (laughs) things that you wanted to do or accomplish. I think that's what happens to a lot of women, you know, kind of this mid stage of life where they do have these situations that they didn't plan for, or yet they're part of their lives now. And especially for women out there that may be in these different situations saying, I'm struggling, I'm trying to take it all on with not only helping my adult children, but also taking care of parents and other things that are changing and happening. What are some things and tips and resources you can give them to help them if they're feeling like they just can't take it all on? Well, first I want to, I want to address that whole thing as we, you know, we don't plan on taking care of adult children or, you know, our parents, but honestly, we are the only society, only culture in the world who doesn't mm, take care it. of our aging parents. Mm-hmm. Um, we are one of probably five countries in the world that actually has long-term care facilities for elderly people. Because in, in other cultures, everybody lives together. It's it's multi-generational housing is really what it is. Mm-hmm. And my mom and I, a long, long time ago, had actually talked about that because Mike you know, my family, we had always lived, I left Utah in 1991 and I was like, I'm never coming back here. (laughs) And, um, so my mom and I had actually like thrown that idea around before. And, and we discussed that how, you know, other cultures, especially European cultures, the elderly live with and help raise the kids. They really do. So the, so the children actually get a sense they get to assimilate and they get to understand the progression of life so much better. Um, so that's that's the one thing that I really, and, and I have worked at a long-term care facility and I saw how really it's it's like, there were so many, so many elderly residents that I, I took care of that never had any visitors, oh. never had any visitors. Yeah. So, that's one reason why I think that, you know, we may not plan on it, but we should. Mm. I mean, we really should. Um, tips and resources. Well, uh, the Department of Health and Human Services um, in any county is a great resource because they all have a an office for aging, aging, aging parents or mm. uh, for aging citizens. Um, also... I think there's one thing that people need to understand also is that hospice is not for terminally ill. It, mm-hmm. it can be, mm-hmm. um, but it is, it is a huge resource that when you are, when you have are with a parent and they are, their mobility is changing. Um, you see changes in, in their, uh, gosh, in their moods, in the way they act and stuff. Yeah. Hospice is really a really good resource uh, to be able to reach out and say, "Hey, I'm really not sure if I need this or not." But the, I mean, for bathing, for mm. you know things like that. When when my mom had her stroke, 
um, you know, obviously she went to the hospital and she had to go to a rehab facility. Mm-hmm. So that's, that was one of the things we were very grateful that her insurance and Medicare was that what took care of that. But then we had to bring her home. Okay. Um, and then now, now what do we do with that? Because she can't walk. She has one side of her body that's affected. So dressing herself, bathing herself, you know, all of these things. So we have home health care come in. And that's one of the other things that is available through Medicare is they will actually be able to help hook you up with a home home health care um, company to bring in physical therapy, occupational therapy, and things like that. So the all of the th- tools are there. It's just knowing who to ask. The other thing is interview whoever comes into your home. Mm. There really needs to be, you need, you need to be, you're the advocate for the parent. So you need to be the gatekeeper. And the phone number that you give to all of these people that are coming in and out of, out of your home, it needs to be you, not your parent, because they are the ones that it are my, my mom had short-term memory loss. And so she, you know, wouldn't remember who she was talking to some days. So I'm the gatekeeper. I make the schedules. I make sure that whoever is coming into my home is safe. And I'm always aware of what's going on. So mm-hmm. it's, it, it's, it, yeah, the roles have shifted definitely. And it's really, really weird, <laughs> but, um, she has, you know, she has enough to, to do, to just heal. And so I, I'm making sure that she's comfortable, she's safe and her quality of life is, is good. So, so good. And I think you brought up something too, that I think that we maybe should be thinking about taking care of those that took care of us for so many years. But at the same time, you also were saying just kind of at the end there that we're just not, I think, mentally prepared for that. The role shift, Mm -hmm. you know, from that's my parent, they take care of me to now I take care of them. And I'm sure that's a lot of mental work that they have to work through for, for women that just, especially if they weren't prepared to do that type of work. Right. And, you know, the, the, the interesting thing is, is that you're, you're exactly right. There is a lot of, of mental work that goes along with that. And that's, um, you know, when I was, when I was going through my divorce, I, I went to therapy. I did a lot of work on myself. I've worked with a life coach, two different life coaches and read a lot of books and the things that I have okay how do I say this it's the biggest shift in in the role change hasn't been with me it's been with my mom Mm. so because we had gone from my dad passing away in January of 2021 and then not even a full year and a half later she has a stroke Mm -hmm. and she was just getting used to not even really getting used to, but learning how to live as a single person. And so that shift now where she is basically dependent on my husband and I, it's really been hard for her. And that's, that's one of the ways I have stepped in 
to help her through because she's grieving a life that she thought she was going to have. You know, she thought my dad and her, she and my dad were going to, you know, travel and do all these things. And, and they saved for their retirement. They, they made sure that, you know, their 401k was fully funded and that they had a pension and their Medicare was okay. And, you know, all of these things. And then my dad died at 79 and she's 76. So she's really not that old and she's got, you know, I I know she's going to, you know, we're going to still do the traveling thing, but it's not how she had imagined. Right. So there is a grief that goes with that and helping her through the grieving process and understanding what grief is and all of the different phases, stages of grief that is around that you know, helping her understand that that's fluid and you're going to, you're going to go in and out of that and several of them at the same time. And it's okay. And you need to cry. You need, so again, this is generational, you know, understanding that her generation, you know, they can do it all. They can be it all. They can see it all. They can everything. You know, my mom and dad were both retired school teachers, so they did everything and took care of everybody else's kids. Well, now, being able to accept help and know that it's okay to grieve and show emotion that that's another layer of that's that's coaching that's exactly what I've been doing so it's really it's really been very helpful for me to it's it's funny how things work it really really is I never I wouldn't have been back here had I not gotten divorced yeah so I'm, you know, <laughs> there's a blessing in disguise for everything. <laughs> the and silver lining, that. even if it's tough, right? <laughs> I can see that now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think hindsight's 2020 <laughs> for sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think you brought up something really powerful that we don't consider is that sometimes we have these expectations of what life should look like. And when it doesn't show up that way. I don't know if we allow ourselves to grieve that, right? That we sometimes are like, no, we're just mad because this is the way life should have been. Why didn't it work out this way? And you mentioned too, with your parents, they had taken the steps they had, you know, especially as the show relates to money, they'd taken the steps they needed to, to have what they wanted in retirement. Mm -hmm. And yet life didn't show up the way that they had planned for. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think what your work and the things that you do is so important because we are at some point in our lives are going to experience a shift, whether it's a natural shift of kids leaving the home, whether it's needing to go into other phases of our lives, if we're switching jobs and those type of things, or the ones that can be a lot more traumatic where divorce or you know, taking care of parents that we weren't planning on or those type of things. I I think that's a really powerful work that you do. So if you wouldn't mind like going into that a little bit more. This, this goes back to, okay. So what you said is completely accurate. There will be times in our life that things do not go as we have planned. I mean, that's just a given that's just, you know, whether it's, you know, you don't plan a pregnancy, you don't plan you know, nobody gets married to get divorced. Um, you know, I have a client whose husband passed away. She's, she's my age. She's 50 in her fifties. And three days after Christmas in 2022, her husband had a massive stroke and died. 
So nobody plans for that. We don't ever imagine that our lives are going to be that way. And one of the things, one of the chapters in my book is called radical acceptance. Mm. And that one lesson is changed everything. It changed everything for me because as a mom, we always are like, okay, you've got practice at this time. I need to make sure that your fundraiser stuff is there. We are the ones that are in control because that's what we do. And when I, um, the way that my ex-husband and daughter left forced me to go into a a stage of, well, I was in shock first, first of all. Secondly, when I, I went in, when I talked to my therapist, he said, this is called radical acceptance. He goes, you, you have to understand. And what that is, is what radical acceptance is. And you have to get to this stage way before you can start grieving. Because when you're, when you're understanding what radical acceptance is, you're usually in the anger stage or denial stage. But what radical acceptance does is it helps you get out of the denial stage. And it, what radical acceptance is, is there is no label of whether it is right or it's wrong. There is no preconceived notion of how it should go. There is no judgment. It's is, it just is this just happened. I have to accept it. Do I like it? No, but it just is. And once you can get to a point where you're like, all right, I got, I have no control over, over any of this. I only have control over me and my reactions. And so how I project myself and how I, how I perceive the world as it, as it happens to me, that's all on me. And so I have, I am the only one that has control over that. So, um, teaching that to my mom that, yeah, this really sucks. And I'm really, really sorry. Um, but it's been, it's been a blessing. It honestly has. It's something that she had never, never understood before. And I think one of the things as women, as, as we do, I think we get to the point where if route A doesn't work, then we're going to try B, C, D, and E all the way through the alphabet until we force it to work. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm guilty of it because it's like, well, we're the ones that keep everything together. We really do. Yeah. You know, and if, and if, you know, our, our child is getting bullied at school, we're the ones that are in the office wanting to know why. And how's it going to get taken care of if, um, uh, our spouse, you know, is having a hard time at work. We're the ones that help talk them through it and figure out a solution. And do we change jobs? Do we not, do we move, you know? And then if we move, well then, Hey, I got that handled. I can do that. And, you know, it's just, I think we spend so much time forcing things that if we actually sat with the acceptance part of it and just kind of like, okay, this is, I need to take a breath and I need to pause and learn to pause. Women don't pause enough. 
I agree <laughs> completely. Yeah. We're just on the go all the time, every day. Right? And if we're on the go, we're probably doing five other things at the same time <laughs> because we are pros at multitasking and that's not healthy. That's really, we're not, we're not meant, we aren't created to multitask. We are created to love, nurture, and the person that we need to love and nurture the most is ourselves first, Mm -hmm. first. And so understanding the radical acceptance really puts you into a space of, oh, I can breathe. Okay. So I'm really not, I'm not responsible for everything. Okay. What that does, what that breather does is, is allows you to feel the flow. And I, and I, and there's, there's a, there's a a coach that I worked with, but she talks about flow all the time. Mm -hmm. And what flow is really is, you know, it's the, it's the way that the unit, you know, we are all big bundles of energy. Mm Mm-hmm. And when we are go, 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 go all the time, we can't feel that. And so when you have to pause and you have to sit, you actually are feeling the energy, whether it's right or wrong, and you actually get better answers. You actually feel which direction you can go because your head and your heart are always going to be in in argument. They're always going to be because your heart's going to want to go one way. Your head's going to go. No, this is not, that's not logical. You need to go this way. Right. Mm -hmm. Your your gut will always lead you the right way. Mm. And the reason I know this is because when we, I I actually did a little research on this. (laughs) So good. (laughs) Because this actually totally correlates with all of the nutritional coaching that I've been doing Mm -hmm. and, and why gut health is so important because when we are in the zygote stage, when after conception, when we are in that zygote stage and that first bundle of cells starts to divide, it's our brain and our stomach. So interesting. And we yeah. are, our brain and our stomach are connected by the vagus nerve. So that is the very first thing that starts to separate. That's why your gut is called your second brain. Mm, and I so interesting. <laughs> I had mind blowings there. So yeah, but no, it's it's radical acceptance is a huge lesson. And I think something that everybody should learn. Yeah, so. and it and I like what you said there too, is that it's not a, that you like it, that somehow it's gonna change the situation, but just sitting with it. And I even refer to this as like just feeling your feelings, mm-hmm. allowing those feelings to happen. Because the feelings aren't, because sometimes we get to call them good feelings or bad feelings or positive or negative. Feelings are just meant, they're part of us. They're part right. of the human experience to feel. And I think the reason why we have a wide range of emotions and things that we feel is because we need to feel them. <laughs> they're part of yeah. that experience. And so that kind of acceptance of this is the facts of my story. This is what's happening in my life and allowing us to feel and think those things that cause us to feel all the emotions mm-hmm. is important because so often you mentioned we're on the go so much. We're multitasking. We're doing this huge to-do checklist. We don't take time to just feel and to take time for ourselves right. and really decide how do I want to think and feel about this? Right. And you mentioned that, that power, which I think is so incredible within each of us that we get to decide. 
Mm -hmm. right? We have complete control because we love control, right? <laughs> I would say most women love to be in control just because it helps us feel so much more stable, feel so much more like we got this. But the one thing we're always in control of is what we think, what we believe and how we want to look at a situation that is never outside of our control. That's always something we have within us. So that I find that to be so empowering because no matter the situation coming up, we can decide how we are going to think and feel about it going okay. forward. Yeah. yeah. And you're, you're exactly right. Because we, we do have that, that power. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and, and one of the things that you mentioned about emotion is I, I always used to be the, per, be a person who believed that, you know, we were feeling beings who think, mm -hmm. and honestly, that's not true. We are, thinking beings who feel because thoughts create feelings, mm -hmm. feelings create perspective, perspective creates reality. And so, and, and the funny, the interesting thing is, is that our brain cannot decipher from reality or imagination. Mm -hmm. So that's our body who decides whether or not it's a reality, right? But it's our perspective with our brain that puts us in, in assimilation with our, uh, any, I don't know where I was going with that, but that didn't work out. Uh, no, it's like we have, we can, we can think and that creates the feelings. So we have to make sure that whatever we're doing, we're pausing before we're thinking or understanding that our thoughts are creating all of these emotions. And that's, that's the other thing is like emotions are moving entities hence motion. It's just emotion. And, you know, if, if they're constantly moving in and out of our bodies and our thoughts are in control of that, wow, we're, we can control our thoughts too. Yeah. So we need to make sure that we are doing that. Absolutely. And, but it's important though, to, when you're feeling the feelings to feel them. Mm -hmm. You know, don't push them away. Don't be like, oh, I don't want to feel that because it feels uncomfortable because that it tends to make the emotions so much stronger. It's kind of like a toddler saying, no, you need to pay attention to me. This is important. You need to feel angry right now. And so that part of that is just like, I need to feel that. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and, I'll, and I'll give you a quote that I read a long time ago. The body keeps score and it always wins. Oh, <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because sure. if you're not feeling those feelings and you're like, deflecting them or just ignoring them or whatever and you're burying them down or numbing them because when you numb the dark you numb the light mm -hmm. so you're not seeing anything happy but what happens is is those feelings actually grow and they compound and they make us sick that's really what happens the body keeps score and it will make you sick and it will make you stop yeah <laughs> whether it's a stroke or a disease or something else, the body keeps score. And when it decides it's had enough, you'll know. Right. And it compounds whatever you're going through in the first place. Right. And Absolutely. so, yeah, I think too often we as women don't express that to say it's okay to feel. It's okay to have feelings of anger or disappointment or doubt. You know, it's okay to feel those things. Mm -hmm. And then, I think when we recognize them and see, okay, this is what disappointment feels like in my body. This is where it resides. I always like to do visuals of 
What does it feel like? Does it move? Is it hard? Is it soft? Is it, you know, all those type of things. Cause when we recognize it, it's much more available to us to then process it through our bodies. Mm -hmm. And then from there, once we have felt that and it comes up again for us down the road, you know, and oh, here's disappointment. We're just going to do disappointment today. And that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's, um, Brene, Dr. Brene Brown wrote a book called Alice of the heart. Mm -hmm. And in that book, she actually labels all of the different emotions and feelings. And, you know, it was actually discussed whether love was an emotion or not. And oh, it is, uh -huh. it, it is, but I mean, when you talk about sadness, okay, how many different labels are there for sadness? There's anguish, there's grief, there's, um, loneliness. I mean, there's so many different, so being able, and this is one of the things that's so hard for adults to understand with children too, is that they don't have the words, they don't have the verbiage. So it's up to us to actually give them the verbiage to say, okay, how, are, are you sad? You know, just helping them to understand that that's an okay thing because being able to feel emotions starts when you're little. Yeah. really starts with your little mm -hmm. and that's you know with a lot with clients that I've had we have before we can go forward we have to dig up all a lot of those little things yeah. that we talk that happened to us as kids because all those experiences they make us who we are as adults and how we interact in different relationships so if you had you know a parent that was absent or an it were an abusive home growing up Okay, you have so many trauma responses that you have are reacting to now that we need to deal with that before you can there's there's something that said, you know, before you start dating after you divorce, everybody says, you know, the 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 goal is don't date for a year after your divorce because you have not healed from those wounds and all you're going to do is bleed all over somebody else who doesn't deserve it. <laughs> so just heal yourself first, but understanding those feelings and sitting with them is so hard. So, so right. hard. Right. Cause it's something they're just, they're uncomfortable. We don't like sitting with those. That's right. That's why we tend to buffer or push them away or do everything you can mask them. Cause it does feel uncomfortable. There has been so much amazing information given by Shelly today, and we want to keep going. So we're actually going to continue this discussion next week in our part two with Shelly Summers. So definitely tune in next week to hear more of our discussion. And we're just so excited that Shelly could give us such great information. And if you're finding this podcast helpful, but you want to go to the next level in creating confidence with your money, head on over to amberpetersoncoaching.net forward slash courses. There we're going to help you create confidence in your money. And what does confidence do? It's going to help you make those decisions you need to make about your money and feel good about those decisions. It's going to help you generate more abundance and more income where we can look at what is your money mindset creating for you? And is that something that's serving you? Or do you want to create something more? I look forward to seeing you there and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for joining me today. Please let me know if you have any questions or ideas of things you want to learn about in upcoming podcast episodes. You can reach me by email at amberpetersoncoaching at gmail.com. And if you find this podcast to be beneficial and is supporting you in your goals, please leave a review. 
That way others can find this podcast as well. I appreciate you and look forward to taking this journey together.
I'm Amber Peterson, and you're listening to Mamas and Money, Episode 40, Dealing with the Unexpected with Shelley Summers. <laughs> 